Hola. <laughs> that just came to me. Hi, this is Jen Grant, and you're Hi, listening. Hi, this is Graham K. Hi, you are listening. This is Adam Fox, and you're listening. This is to Dylan the... Mandelson, and you're listening to the. This is Brian Hat, and you are listening to the Julian. Hi, this is the word man of Alcatraz. Señores, señores. Hey, everybody! This is Little Darren Frost. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Fabio Mantovan, and you're listening to Julian Dion. This is Dave Sidhu, and you're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Podcast. Podcast hour. Showcase. You are listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. Hola. Yes, yes, yes. Here we are. Excuse me, episode 14 of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast coming at you from Lemon Press Studios in the Distillery District, downtown Toronto. Hey, we're doing this again. That's right. That is, of course, Garage Baby. Let me remind you to go to garagebaby.bandcamp.com. To get some garage, your garage baby fix, if you will. They've got an album and singles and EPs on there. Show them a little love. They deserve it. Why not? They're deserving of your love. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate it. I appreciate you always. I, I do mean that. Because without you, I'm nothing. Well, let's not go overboard, but you know what I'm saying. I do appreciate it. And uh, oh, yeah, catch Garage Baby tomorrow night. Wednesday, November 5th at Say What for the Julian Dion Comedy Hour live show. They're on stage playing the comics on and off, 9 p.m., 67 Front Street East. We've got a great show lined up, great comics with uh, Jeff Elliott, Julia Latkowitz, and Marito Lopez. And I, of course, hosting the shit out of the show. All right. And, uh, oh, one last thing. If you could do me the solid, subscribe on iTunes and rate rate the show. Give it a good rating. Why don't you? If you like it and you're listening to this, I mean, unless you're hate listening, which could be a thing too, but just uh, do me a, do me that solid. Go to go, I, A lot of people have emailed the show and said they haven't rated it on iTunes because they forgot their Apple ID. So you do need to know your Apple ID and just uh, get in there. It helps boost the ratings. Let's do it. Let's do it up. Listen on iTunes, on the iPodcast app, or whatever. Anyway, that's enough. That's enough of the plugs. Let's get to. Uh, let's get to it. Got a lot to get to today. My guest, Aaron McGee, the owner-operator, one of two owners of Heckler's Bar and Grill Comedy Club in Victoria, BC. Had a nice chat. 
very concise, short chat, but uh, it's a good one nonetheless. Derek's a great guy. He's a comedy fan who owns a comedy club, which helps. Anyway, we'll get into that in a little bit. What else? Off the top. I don't, I don't know. I think that's it. Let me see what I got here. Let me just say, if you uh, do or don't watch SNL, do yourself a favor and check out Chris Rock's opening monologue from last Saturday's show. Man, that was amazing. Actually, I'll put it up. Go to facebook.com slash jdcomedyhour. It'll be up there. That is the definition of stand-up comedy. What Chris Rock... Oh, shit. I try to I try to act professional and then this sort of shit happens. <laughs> All right? Let's ignore that. I could edit it out, but that would require me to go in and and back and do a little bit of lifting that uh quite quite frankly like already I've spent too much energy on it. Okay? That was a, another track by Garage Baby. It's jumping the gun. Anyway, do yourself a favor. Go to facebook.com slash jdcomedyhour and look at uh, the Chris Rock monologue from Saturday. That It is the definition of stand-up comedy. It's what it's all about. It, it I don't know what the big fuss is. It's, it's popped up on so many blogs and online reviews that have said it's controversial and he may have crossed the line. I don't... I, that, I think people are saying that to it's as as a clickbait to get people to click on the the article because it's really not crossing the line it's actually perfect he walks you right to the line and he doesn't go over he brings you right to the edge and it's a perfect piece it's just under 8 minutes of stand up comedy it's he he it's political it's got it's social commentary it's fearless as a performer you can watch and learn how to sell and get right behind what you're saying. And that is the ultimate way to do it. And uh, man, what an opening monologue. It was just perfect and hilarious. Not preachy, just really funny. And hit on some topics that people are scared to even mention. The Boston Marathon and 9-11. The Boston Marathon bombing, specifically. And... Uh, it's just a great piece of uh, comedy. It's just really well done by one of the best in the biz. So go to facebook.com slash jdcomedyhour and check that shit out. I'm a little bit... Uh, I feel a little weird, a little vulnerable in a way because I'm taking these classes, these acting classes, Meisner Technique. If anybody out there knows what that is, it's uh, it's intense. It's a little bit... I'm doing... It's a seven-month thing twice a week which equates to the first year of the Meisner Conservatory program at the Playhouse in New York City. So you do basically seven months, which is the first year program curriculum. And uh, it is intense work. The, I recommend it for anybody, at least the first few months, the intro classes and the beginner levels, because it's really just about stripping down uh, who you are and it, learning how to express, because we're so conditioned in this world to stifle any sort of expression at especially men for some reason it's weird to express and to be vulnerable and to show feelings of any sort we always put on these social masks and this is what um meisner technique addresses it sort of peels away at those layers and social masks that we put on on a daily basis and exposes you for who you are 
and you learn how to shift your focus outward onto other people, and that translates into acting eventually in the class because you really rely on your scene partner and you focus on them uh, and you, you pick up on behavior. And uh, anyway, it's amazing because it really showed me how insecure we all are as a people. Like we are really insecure. I myself am guilty of that. It's just a, It's just part of the human condition. And it's so weird because a lot of the time, the things that we're insecure about, people really couldn't give a fuck. Really. It's just our own shit. We get in our own way. So I do recommend uh, the Meisner program because it helps you peel that away and sort of um, just be present and in the moment and not so hung up on your own self and thus being able to sort of transcend any any sort of uh, self-consciousness or, or whatever might prevent you from doing anything. Social meetings, business meetings. Anyway, and it's so funny because I, I actually... Yesterday in the class, and it's, again, stupid reasons to feel insecure. The instructor's talking and he's giving, uh, you know, critique on someone that's um, working. And and I had a question and I'm like, oh, I have a question. And then he plowed through and just kept talking. I, I sort of waited for a pause in his sentence to, to just jump in there and say I have a question, which is he encourages that, but he didn't address uh, my question. He just kind of plowed through. And I got so insecure I did the laugh. I, I like he's like talking, short pause in his sentence, and I go, "I have a question," and he plowed through, and I laughed. Did the insecure laugh? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I felt insecure in the class that's teaching me to not be insecure. Looked around the room. Looked around the room to see who who witnessed this humiliating. It's nothing. It's why am I insecure about that? But at that moment, I felt like the whole world gave a shit about me speaking up and him ignoring me. And it was a split second, followed by my insecure laugh. <laughs> I have a question. <laughs> we do that. Insecure laughs all the time. When it's not, why am I laughing? There's nothing funny about it. I just did it. I just did it. Did you hear me? I just giggled just now. It's so weird. And like I was at the grocery store this morning and this woman was in line and uh, she was just buying a single banana. Single banana and she felt so insecure about it. She did the same insecure laugh. She got to the cash. And who gives a shit if you're just buying a single banana? It doesn't matter. Buy a banana. Buy the shit out of the banana and own it. Eat it. But she, she's in line. She Her turn comes up and she just like presents it to the person and like twists it in the air like reverse grip and she's like <laughs> this is all i have <laughs> why are you laughing to her she thinks the whole world is watching and that's and she's insecure little did she know i was watching her and judging i guess that this is not going to help anyone who's insecure because i'm actually telling you you're being watched at all times my favorite insecure moment is we've all gone bowling and uh, let's say you're bowling with a, a girl and she, some girls will do this. Guys too, probably. But for this example, I've seen girls do this. They'll uh, drop the ball, shoot. The, you don't shoot the ball. What do you do? You bowl the ball, send it, you s roll it out. Anyway, you wind. What, what do you call? What is that called when you throw a bowling ball? You don't throw it, but you, uh, anyway, insecure moment. They'll throw it. 
And before it, like, as soon as it releases their hand, they'll turn around. They don't, won't wait to watch it, whether it hits any pins or not. They'll just throw it and turn around. <laughs> anyway, all I'm trying to say is don't be so hung up on yourself. No one gives a fuck. And just own it. Whatever it is that you are doing today, whether it's buying a single banana or bowling, watch that ball hit those pins. Own it. If you're asking a question in class, just ask. No one gives a shit. Just you do you. All right, let's get to some emails. Hello. You have 6,056 new messages. Aren't you fucking popular? Oh, they're all from stalkers. Okay, time now for emails. I got a lot of emails lately, and uh, some of which are straight up absurd, but I'm going to read them anyway. We'll go through this together. And uh, so let's do this. Okay, emails. First of all, the results are in from the Jen Grant episode where we uh, did a Mariah or Yoko and we left it up to you. And it was pretty uh, unanimous across the board. Everyone thought that uh, Jen Grant should have... Uh, everyone, You guys crowned Jen Grant as Mariah and uh, myself as Yoko and I kind of agree with that. She's in my defense. She's had way more practice. And so there will be a rematch in the future, but uh, thanks for that. Some people were unnecessarily mean, but uh, hey, it is what it is when you put yourself out there. Okay, let's do some emails here. Let's see what we got. Okay, I got an email from Mike. I'm not sure where Mike is um, located, but uh, email from Mike. He says, hey, Julian, in the episode 13 Ron Vaudry episode, in the episode 13 Ron Vaudry episode, okay, you mentioned that the Boston City Marathon bombing happened in 2012. Correction, it happened just last year in 2013. Thanks, like the show, uh, Mike. Uh, well, thank you. That is a mistake. And I did realize I made that a mistake after I listened to it. So thank you. I didn't know if anyone would pick up on it. So thanks for highlighting it and showing the world of my mistake. All right, let's, let's get to another one here. What do we got? All right. Hey, Julian. Tom from Toronto. I put a tampon at my butt to see what it feels like. Does that make me gay? Well, Tom, let me answer your question with a question. Was said tampon attached to the tip of another man's penis? If the answer is yes, then that would uh, make you a gay man. Otherwise, who hasn't put a tampon up their butt to see how it feels? Okay. Another email from Alexandra from Calgary. Hey, Julian. If it turns out that human meat tastes exactly like pork, do you think people would stop eating pork? And again, I answer this email with a question. Have you tried bacon? Bacon is really good. I don't think... I don't think anyone would give up bacon if they found out it tastes... Human also tasted like bacon. On the flip side, I think people might start... Eating humans, a little uh, HLT sandwich, a little human lettuce tomato. Okay, I've got another email here. Hey, Julian, if you were doing a show with 100 people in the audience, would you rather have 10 people laughing hysterically at your jokes and the rest not impressed or have the whole audience mildly amused? That's actually a pretty good question. Um, well, I think I would have to say... Even though it's okay to have the whole audience mildly amused and it can be painful to have 90% of the room not impressed, when 10 people are really dialed in and they get 
everything out of your mouth, that sort of is the payoff. That's kind of what you do it for. And it has happened in the past where I'm doing a show and only a few tables are really into it. The rest couldn't care less. And you just have to phase out the rest of the room and really just perform for these people. You can't let it affect you. And uh, those people will are the people that will come again and again to see you. And if you have a room just of, uh, you know, people mildly amused, they won't come back. All right. Let's see what else we got here. That is it. That's it for emails. Hello. You have 6,056 new messages. Aren't you fucking popular? Oh, they are all from stalkers. Okay, let's get to my guest today. This is the fourth installment of the West Coast Tapes, I should say. And uh, who? so I interviewed Aaron McGee, who is the owner-operator of Heckler's Comedy Club. We had a great quick chat in my hotel room. And uh, Aaron's a good guy. You'll enjoy it a lot. Enjoy my chat with Aaron McGee. You and me belong Just like the flowers Laughing all day long People I need to lose Sing a little song Then take a shower Julian Dion Comedy This episode of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour Podcast, that's episode number 14 with Aaron McGee, is brought to you once again by Echo One Photography. That's right, Toronto listeners, I'm talking to you. If you're looking to get some headshots done, if you're a musician or comedian or actor, whoever really, doesn't matter. Contact Echo One Photography today. If you own a business and you want to get some product photography done for some advertising or e-commerce purposes look no further echo one photography does that too email eugene that's e-u-g-e-n-e at echo one photography.com enter jdch in the subject line for special offers do it today okay everybody my guest today he sits in front of me in my hotel room yet again another hotel interview it's very intimate it's cozy it's definitely cozy (laughs) we're lying in bed uh curled up in fetal positions, but it's fine. I feel comfortable around this guy. My guest, he's um, he's the owner and operator of Heckler's Bar and Grill slash comedy club on weekends here in Victoria. And I wanted to interview this guy because in this business, uh, there are not too many people in his position that actually give a shit. And it makes all the difference in the world when the owner does care. And, and the proof is in the pudding. I mean, this club, Friday and Saturday, and it's not even... A, a, just a comedy club it is on Fridays and Saturdays but it's a bar and grill otherwise and uh, always packed and uh, they seem to have educated their audience in a way that they come in an hour early and anyway it's they do everything right so I want to have this guy in because he's also a comedy fan from what I gather and, and what I've learned from this guy uh, Aaron McGew yeah McGew McGew is in the house I didn't know if it was McGew or, or McHugh yeah I like McGew McGew yeah. alright Aaron McGew is my guest. Hey, buddy. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's go a little bit back. Um, first, let me ask you, how old are you? I am 32. 32. So, Because you're a young guy to be in this position. I mean, I started coming here maybe five years ago, and at that point, you ran the place. You were owner, and, and which is very young to be in the game in that position. So 
a little bit about your background. Let's let's start. Where where are you from originally? From the prairies? Yeah, I was uh, born in Montreal, but grew up most of my life in Saskatchewan. Just moving all over. My dad was in the RCMP, so we lived a bunch of different places. Right. Um, yeah. Then when I went to university in Saskatoon, I got my first restaurant job. What what were you doing? Uh, what capacity? Uh, started as just like a host floor manager at a Greek restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then uh, got a bartending job and went from there. And so what were you studying in university? Uh, commerce. Commerce. Yeah. And so you get the restaurant job, you're, you're bartending, you're doing the thing. Do you think at any point I could do this for a living? I could, I'd like to take it further and own my own place? Yeah, we, well, I think every bartender talks about one day owning a bar or whatever. And then, um, but it was never, it was not really my plan. Finished university and uh, just got into managing bars mm-hmm. and then uh, did pretty well at that. Was that still in Saskatoon? Yeah, I used to work for Shark Club, mm-hmm. uh, chain of sports bars kinds of things, and uh, started the one in Saskatoon, and then they moved me to Grand Prairie, then they moved me to Victoria. So that's what brought you to Victoria? Yeah, originally I moved with that company. With that company at, as a manager? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. And when would this have been, like how many years ago? Uh, so I moved, we opened the bar, Hecklers, in 07, so I probably moved to Victoria in 06. Okay, so you're managing a chain restaurant, and uh, so if, young, so what uh, What age were you like? Um, so that would have been about 25 when I moved to Victoria. And so at 26, how do you make the leap from managing a franchise to opening your, your own restaurant? Uh, I have a business partner. His name's Derek. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually have another, I have two business partners, Derek and a friend of mine from high school. His name's Colin. Um, and Derek and I were both working at Shark Club together. And he got offered a job to run what at the time was 123. It's Heckler's now. And uh, he asked me what I thought about it. And I was like, geez, I haven't even been there. I don't know what it is. And we came and we had a look, and I was like, yeah, it's pretty nice. Um, what they do before? And he said, well, they used to lease it out, but now they're looking just for somebody to run it. And I was like, well, can we lease it out? And then uh, they were pretty excited by that idea, and we ended up having a bar within like three weeks. just happened right away. So there, so there was already someone in that space? Yes. The, well, the bar's within the Ramada Hotel. Right. Right, and so the hotel... Um, was trying to operate it themselves. Oh, got it. And that's what you mean by lease it out. You do you separate yourself from the hotel. Yeah, you know? instead of working for the hotel. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Got it. So you lease it out. And how do you how do you decide how do you come up with hecklers? Well, it wasn't about comedy. Right. Um, there was so it took from like from the moment we decided we were going to open a bar till when we did was maybe three weeks. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it all happened really really fast. And, we're sitting around and we're waiting for papers to be signed and we need to be incorporated and we need a name right away and couldn't come up with anything and stumbled across this quote by a Pittsburgh Pirates manager, a former Pittsburgh Pirates manager, and it was like, um, uh, sure, I'd like the guy who makes every play and catches every ball and knows what to do in all the right circumstances, but I can't get him to um, come out, put down his beer and come out of the stands. Right. right. And it was him on hecklers. And we just kind of, we were a sports bar to begin with and just kind of d- designed the theme around that. So that's how you start. You get the name hecklers. You decide we're going to be a sports bar, throw up some screens. What kind of bar was there before? Uh, it was called Fat Tuesdays. So it was more of a, I don't know, just like a scuzzy uh, $2 drinks. So do, of you, bar. do you gut the whole place? Uh, they had done all the renovations and oh, everything sweet. right before us wow. when they were trying to take out over. Yeah. All the TVs and stuff were, everything was there. Everything was, was just there. walk in, ready to run. That's great. Yeah. 
And um, at that point, are you a fan of comedy, or do you? No, I don't really know anything about comedy. Um, while I was still with Shark Club, um, Pete Johansson, mm-hmm. he approached me um, about the idea of possibly doing comedy shows in the banquet rooms at the Sandman Hotel. Right. And uh, I ran that by my bosses, and it was something we were looking to do. And uh, then I then I just left the company. Right. Was the Shark Club in a hotel? At yes. The Sand- oh, it was yes. in the Sandman. Yes. Got right. it. And he wants Pete Johansson. He's a comic. He's now overseas, right? In the UK, I think. Yeah, he might be. He might be in Toronto. I don't know where he is right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, so he approaches you to run a, a room. You leave. Yeah. You and, start up Hecklers. And like back when we opened the sports bar, um, like flat screen TVs were just coming out. Mm-hmm. So all of the TVs that we had, they were, they were similar to the ones we had now and it was pristine and new and stuff. And we had a little bit of a competitive edge and then our bosses came from Shark Club and they looked around and then all of a sudden they had new TVs all of a sudden and it was like, yeah, oh right. boy. Right. And so we lost a little bit of momentum and we were like, we need to do something on Fridays and Saturdays and we are beating around ideas. We tried uh, live comedy on Fridays and live music on Saturdays. And then we did that for about a year. Then just comedy took off. So comedy started with one night a week. Yeah, Friday just Friday nights. And how did you book comics? Did you do the booking or? No, I approached Pete again, right. and he was going to do it for us. And he set us up with some branding, and he showed us how to, you know, stage and lighting and that kind of stuff, and gave us some direction there. And the very first show, we booked uh, Darcy Michael and Dan Quinn. Mm-hmm. And then, like the Thursday before the Friday show, he's like, "Hey, I'm moving to England, and uh, Dan's going to take over the booking." And he's still to this day. And he's, yeah, he books to this day. Do you have any part in booking at all? Um, well, I watch all the shows, so mm-hmm. I just give a little bit of feedback to Dan, but it's his thing. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so, and right right out of the gate, how are the comedy nights going? Um, they're, like, the, the first one was great, right? right. Um, we, like, any bar has enough ability to fill one show, mm-hmm. right? And, uh they did a really good job of front-ending it. That's a great show. Everybody laughed. Um, and then, uh, you know, then we just kept going. And uh, they were always full from the beginning. Uh, we had our own regulars and we had people. And it was only once a week, mm-hmm. right? And uh, it went pretty well. But we didn't know what we were doing yet, right? The, the lights weren't good enough. The sound system wasn't good enough. Uh, that kind of stuff. At what point do you make those upgrades, lighting and sound? Just continuously as you, you know, know you like tweet. just we're just switching things here and there we still change things yeah 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 and because i mean I, i've had two comics on uh or actually sean proud was on here and he contributes uh, and, and jason lamb they were both saying how this contributed to really opening up the victoria comedy scene because before that there was i think the tally ho and that was pretty much it and that by what i hear was a bit of a train wreck of a room and uh so this place was really integral in in and responsible for what's happening now in this city. Yeah, our our scene's kind of it's it's growing for sure. I don't know. I don't know whether it might have happened on its own, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think comedy is more popular than it was seven, eight years ago, ten years ago. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know whether it's specific to us, but um, there is now at least places for people to play. Like an amateur comedian, Victoria can probably get on stage twenty times a month now. Right. And that's, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, probably four or five years ago it was, you could get on once or twice, right? But if, if you can own up to a little bit of that because, I mean, without a, a quality place to perform, without that stage time available, there's not much to strive for. And then 
I mean, what's the end goal for people that are just performing here in Victoria other than if they can just do a couple shitty open mics around town? So there is, to have that, because it is by far the best stage in the city, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Right. Without being... And and so, at one point, do you go from one to two shows a week? Uh, we are about a year in, mm-hmm. and uh, we're just consistently selling out Friday, and uh, the live music wasn't going as well on Saturday, and just time to pick an avenue and go with it. And do you think you've hit your peak as far as shows, or do you think you could add some more down the road? Uh, we're starting, I don't know. Um, so, we also have an amateur show every night, or every Thursday night in right. uh, la- lounge. It's a smaller room in the hotel. Um, that's run by James Ball and Mark Robertson. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do that every Thursday. And we've started to add, you know, the occasional one-off Tuesday show. Um, Harlan Williams and Doug Stanhope and Mick Foley, a little bit bigger acts. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, December 2nd, we're going to try a show. It's a little bit bigger brand. Um, it's, again, going to be Tuesday nights because that really works for us. Maybe once every two months or whatever just just super strong shows like uh our first one's gonna be daryl lennox and ivan decker mm-hmm. you know just a little bit bigger than our normal shows right and we're just gonna add that way you know we're constantly trying to grow it and add for sure and this is what what i like about you you watch the shows and you actually give a shit about what's happening in your club and you seem to do all the little things well you know that that matter like you've managed to educate your audience in a way that they come an hour before it, it's like unheard of you you come you walk downstairs in at hecklers an hour before showtime and it's almost full already how do you do that do you do well you- i think that we didn't like we had a restaurant and bar background but right. we didn't we didn't know like I've, I've only been in like three other comedy clubs in my life right, right, right. so we we did it how we thought would work best. So people make reservations for 7.30 and we make sure that they're here by 8. Mm-hmm. And uh, and at the beginning, it was just that's how long it took us to get people seated mm-hmm. and, and, right. and for the show to start on time. Right. Right. Well, that's key is to start on time always. Yeah, right? for sure. Some places are loose with the start time and people know that. And so they... They start coming later and later and it's backed up further and further for sure. Yeah. And so... Okay, so when, before you opened the comedy night or started with the comedy night, uh, you weren't much of a comedy fan. Now you seem to be, I mean, you, you seem to have a good taste for, for what good comedy is. How do you develop that? In, oh, I just watch, you know, mm-hmm. 200 shows a year, right? Um, but it's not, yeah, I don't know that I wasn't a fan before. I just, right, you know, I right. wasn't as exposed as I am now. Right. You know, even... Even our servers who watch every show every year, you know, like they they build a certain amount of taste for comedy as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, even like your, I think it bleeds into, I mean, maybe you're just a funny guy because naturally, but your like Facebook statuses and stuff, you're pretty funny like on the internet. Thank you. Um, So do you ever see someone and you tell Dan, I don't ever want that person back here? Um. Yeah, that I, I suppose that's happened. More often it's just like, yeah, they're not headlining. Right. Right? Um, yeah, you don't... Uh, you would have to be intentionally bad, like get too drunk to be on stage or something like that for us to say we're not interested in them having them back. Without naming names, has that happened before where someone got too hammered? Or Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't care about names um, <laughs> at all. All right. Uh, Me neither. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
the comedy festival we did. Dan Dan used to try and do this uh, festival called Blue Bridge Comedy Festival, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd heard for years about how he was the best ever and was super excited for what Mike Wilmot, but he just he didn't care about it at all. Was drunk the whole time he was here. Really? Yeah, like just t- awful. Like, and everybody who was there knew it, and it was intentionally bad. Right, like yeah. you said. Yeah. So he just drank too much. Just yeah, from and and you know you know him. He's got a reputation for drinking, and you just assume that it's going to be something that he handles like a pro, and it just wasn't. You're right. Is yeah. that still happening? The Blue Bridge Festival? No, no, oh. and that's part of the reason why, right? Right. Like he was a big time premier act, and the people who are backing it go to these shows, and they watch this happen, and it's tough for them to spend their money that way. Yeah, yeah. Are there any stories of people maybe because uh, comics are fucking pigs a lot of them anyone ever harass your staff or or, because you have a lot of good looking people yeah yeah no uh no for the most part it's never happened Mm -hmm. it was it was uh it it certainly hasn't happened to the point where it's a problem right like if somebody's creepy you just say stop being you know or like (laughs) you should go to your hotel room or something like that and nobody isn't embarrassed or you know because the staff hangs around after and, and yep. socialize and, and drink. and Yeah, comedians are generally decent people who deal with yeah. servers and bartenders and stuff all the time, right? Yeah, there, but there are some stories of people being uh, like fired for blatant sexual harassment, basically. Uh, comedians? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's no, happened. I don't know anybody a specifically. Uh, you guys treat the comics well here. Uh and I mean, I guess you wouldn't know because this is your only place. Yeah, that's, club I don't have a real point of comparison. But I mean, this club is very highly spoken of in within the industry. Thank you. And the thing is, it's not even a full time comedy club. You're sports bar every other night. Yeah, I think I think in this like in Victoria and stuff, where like comedy is our thing. Right. We we, we do um, sports on the other days of the week, but we're definitely a comedy club now. What other nights of the week? Would, is that by far your busiest, like Fridays and Saturdays? Uh, we, we do a wing night on Wednesday that's as busy, but yeah, those three nights are our busy nights. And um, what does the future hold? Like, you want to slowly expand. What do you see happening in that room? What would be your idea, like, once, you, like, as you grow, what would be the zenith, sort of, of, of a heckler's comedy club? You know what, we, we were constantly just throwing things against the wall and some things stick. I, don't, I can't proclaim to have a master plan more than just try to get better every day every week every year kind of thing you're just sort of rolling with it yeah yeah do you ever have any uh ambitions to open another location somewhere either on the island because this the island you'd you'd think would have more gigs at least uh, more gigs of this caliber and there just aren't this is the only place but you'd they're starting to pop up now though yeah i think uh a lady named kitty is doing some in courtney and campbell river that apparently are going pretty well you know like they're starting to pop up now and, and just you know, if you do something popular in a bar, other people will see it and do it. Yeah. And so would you ever consider opening another location, either here or in Vancouver or something? Or Yeah, no, we're not there yet. Not you there know, yet. We're still, we're still shaping what we have here. How do you like Victoria? I do. I like it a lot. Yeah. You know, I grew up in Saskatchewan, and I like the mild weather here, and I like, I like Victoria a lot. And would you, do you think you'll settle here forever? Is this it? Well, I wouldn't commit to ever, but I like it for now for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Well, uh, anything you want to plug? Any big shows coming up at all? Uh, no, nothing offhand. Every comedy every Friday, Saturday. You guys don't have a website, do you? Yeah, Heckler's oh, Barn Grill. Oh, Heckler's Barn Grill. Yep. Um, 
And you advertise all the shows yep. on there. I, yep. don't, I don't know why I thought you didn't have a website. Did you ever stop advertising online? Someone was telling me they have to go to the Facebook group to... I don't know. No, you've no. always had the yeah. the website. Cool. Anything else you want to add, my man? No, nothing at all. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing it, bro. I appreciate it. And uh, keep doing a great job. I'm telling you, you guys set yourself apart by treating the comics the way you do. You've got a great gig and you're doing a really good thing for uh, Victoria Comedy. Cool. Thank you very much. Thanks, brother. And there we have it, episode 14 in the books, which is the fourth installment of the West Coast Tapes. Thanks to my guest, Aaron McGee, for the chat and the great weekend at his club. We'll do it again soon. And thanks to you, always you, for listening and downloading and subscribing and rating, right? You're going to rate, right? Email the show, podpod at jdcomedyhour.com. I'll read your emails. What else? Thanks to my producer, Adam Fox, and my sound engineer, Miles Lacroix. Check out Garage Baby and myself and great comedy tomorrow night, Wednesday, November 5th at Say What, 67 Front Street East, downtown Toronto. We've got an amazing lineup. It's going to be a good time. Be sure to check out the Facebook page. I'm going to put up the Chris Rock video. There's SNL monologue. SNL. Facebook.com slash JD Comedy Hour. Follow on Instagram and Twitter at JD Comedy Hour. What else can I say? That's that, I believe. Mom, I love you. If you see any suspicious packages with cassette tapes in the mail, just throw it out because who owns a cassette player? And watch your head. Headset by chance? Oh, sweet. Just so you, I mean, you don't need it, need it, but it's better because you can hear uh, what. Probably don't like the sound of my own voice. So <laughs> never really listen. <laughs> do I have to talk in or do you? Yeah, you got to pretty much eat the mic. Okay. As much as you can. So get comfortable. Uh, you can yeah, lean on the table if you want. You can move this as 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 you want and. Uh,
Okay. And we're just going to shoot the shit. All right. Sounds good. Pretty straightforward. Oh, yeah, you sound good. That sounds that good. That works? Yeah, yeah. Totally. I can't hear anything in my headphones. Oh, Is you that can't? Weird? Oh, here we go. How's that? Yeah, that's... I think I'd prefer without, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah sure. That's weird. <laughs> sure. Not at all. You can, yeah, then you good, can take man. the headset yeah, out. I'm totally fine without that. <laughs> I just like to hear for the levels, like if you're, because then I can tell if you're away if from I'm the mic a little bit. Yeah, I Something can, like that. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, some people don't like to uh, listen in. Okay, so just say a little something. Check, check. 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 Check, check. Had a great interview with Ron. It was really good. Yeah, one good. And and he was uh